We've been studying a summary of what the Christian faith believes, what true faith believes. We've been using the Heidelberg Catechism as a Bible teacher to lead us through the teachings, the main teachings of the Bible. And we've come to Lord's Day 23 of the Heidelberg Catechism. And you'll find that on page 881, 881 in the back of your songbooks. True, true faith believes in God, the Father and his work of creation, the Son and his work of redemption, the Spirit and his work of sanctification, gathering and building the church, bringing us to life everlasting. That covers it. The true Christian faith from Genesis through Revelation. And now we're asking, so what good does it do you to believe all this? What's the value of faith? How does it help you now that you believe all this? That I'm righteous in Christ before God and an heir to life everlasting. How are you righteous before God? Only by true faith in Jesus Christ, even though my conscience accuses me of having grievously sinned against all God's commandments, of never having kept any of them, and of still being inclined toward all evil, nevertheless, without any merit of my own, out of sheer grace, God grants and credits to me the perfect satisfaction, righteousness, and holiness of Christ, as if I'd never sinned nor been a sinner." And as if I've been as perfectly obedient as Christ was obedient for me, if only I accept this gift with a believing heart. Why do you say that through faith alone you're righteous? Not because I please God by the worthiness of my faith. For only Christ's satisfaction, righteousness, and holiness are my righteousness before God. And I can receive this righteousness and make it mine in no other way than by faith alone. Let's read together Galatians 2, verses 11 through 21 on page 1155 in your pew Bibles. We are justified, we're declared righteous by God in Christ alone, through faith alone. And that's the teaching of Scripture Found all through the Bible, we sang it also from Psalm 32, but we'll read it now from Galatians 2, verses 11 through 21, where Peter and Barnabas did not live according to this teaching when they refused to eat the Lord's Supper with the Gentiles, as if they weren't quite right with God through faith alone, but they needed some Jewish works added So when Cephas, or Peter, came to Antioch, Galatians 2, verse 11, Paul says, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party, the party that said, faith in Jesus alone isn't enough to justify you with God. You also have to be circumcised and keep the Mosaic law. So they feared that circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, 
If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile, not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law no one will be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. This is God's word. May he bless and build our faith by it. Brothers and sisters in Christ, that's the question We want to ask this afternoon, what good is faith? How does it help you to believe all that we've been studying about the Christian faith? From God the Father creating in Genesis 1, through God the Son redeeming and God the Holy Spirit sanctifying to life everlasting, resurrection of the body and life everlasting in Revelation 22. What good does it believe you? Do you, do you to believe the whole Bible? Some people believe Christian faith does you no good. It's like clutching a teddy bear. Religion is your teddy bear, and faith is clutching that teddy bear. And teddy bears might make you feel a little better when you're sad, but they're of no value when it comes down to it. They can't really help you. And so faith really doesn't do you any good. It doesn't help you at all. But what if Christian faith is not clutching a teddy bear, but grabbing onto something real, and not just something real, but something eternally powerful and good? Or someone eternally powerful and good? What if faith is not like clutching a teddy bear, but like a drowning man grabbing a lifesaver? And on the other end of the lifesaver is somebody eternally and powerfully good who's helping you grab onto the lifesaver and hold onto it and bringing you to a place of eternal happiness, joy, and glory. If that is faith, then it does you a lot of good. Then it's truly the greatest help in your life. And that is, in fact, the truth of the Christian life. It's not clutching a teddy bear. Faith is grabbing on to the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit through his Son, Jesus Christ. The ultimate life savior. Or the ultimate life saver. It's the good news of Jesus Christ revealed in all of Scripture who brings you, this Jesus Christ, to God's everlasting riches of glory. So faith receives 
God's astonishing riches. That's what we want to look at this afternoon. Faith's astonishing riches. You're really grabbing onto eternal safety and wealth. And nobody can take away from you. First, by faith, I'm united to Christ. Second, by faith, I'm right with God. Third, I'm not trusting in my faith. By faith, I'm not trusting in my faith. I'm trusting in Christ. So first, what is faith's greatest blessing? Faith does not, first of all, receive salvation. Faith does not, first of all, receive heaven. Faith does not, first of all, receive forgiveness. Faith, first of all, receives Christ. It unites you to him. It joins you to Jesus. And then when you've got Jesus, you've got every benefit that he's got for you. Faith is believing not in forgiveness, but in Christ. Not in salvation, but in Christ. Not in heaven, but in Christ. You might think, well, what's the difference? There's a huge difference. Paul says in Galatians 2, verse 15, we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, yet we know that whether Jew or Gentile, a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So also, we have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ. You don't put your faith in justification. You put your faith in Christ. And that's when you're justified. In order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. Three times here, Paul speaks of faith in Jesus Christ. True faith is always personal. True faith always rests in a person named Jesus. You say, well, faith believes in all of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yes, but in that order. The Holy Spirit gives you faith to believe in Jesus. Jesus takes you to the Father. Christ is the center of faith. And in him, we have all of God. Faith is giving up on yourself. Faith is giving up on your own works and your background and your credentials. Giving up on your last name. Giving up on your education. Faith throws away confidence in yourself and puts all your confidence in the person of Jesus Christ and the works he has done for you. We confess it this way in our Belgic Confession, Article 22. The Holy Spirit kindles in our hearts a true faith here, true faith which embraces Jesus Christ with all his merits and makes him our own and no longer looks for anything apart from him, embraces Jesus Christ, makes him our own and no longer looks for anything apart from him. True faith believes in Jesus Christ, not in forgiveness, not in salvation, not in heaven, in Jesus Beware, brothers and sisters, of a false form of faith called impersonal faith. Where you believe your sins are forgiven, you believe you'll go to heaven, but you don't actually believe in Jesus. You don't actually embrace him 
You actually don't rest in him personally as your savior and king. Because you see, some people don't want Jesus. They just want his benefits. I'll take your gifts. I don't want you. That's not true saving faith. Jesus said this to the crowds. Remember after feeding the 5,000? You're following me because you want bread. Not because you want to give your life to me. You see, if we want to hold on to our lives and just add forgiveness to it and add salvation and add heaven, but stay ourselves and not wholly give ourselves up to Jesus and say, I'm no longer my own, I'm yours. If we're not willing to do that, if we're scared of giving ourselves away to him, giving up on ourselves, giving, forsaking ourselves, then we don't have true faith. So faith then is always in Christ. In all that he is for you, all the works that he's done for you, but he is the object of your faith when you believe in him as he comes to you in the whole Bible. Not a Jesus of your own making outside of the Bible, but this Jesus. Then when you believe him, you're actually entering into him and you become his and he becomes yours. Faith unites us to Jesus Christ. Faith joins you to Jesus Christ. Faith brings you into real, personal, eternal fellowship with Jesus Christ. That's what makes or why faith makes you so rich, brothers and sisters. You're entering into Christ who is your life's greatest treasure, purest pleasure, best friend forever, and the absolutely stunning and most loving and beautiful bridegroom there is. No one like him in all the world. Faith sees him. He's the one I need. You run after him. You grab onto him. You embrace him with all his merits, all his benefits. If you look again at Galatians 2 verse 16, I want to draw your attention to a special phrase there. Look again at 2 verse 16. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ. Do you see that line, that phrase, so we also have believed in Christ Jesus? That preposition in is actually in two. One of my translations in my study has that, in two. So we also have believed into Christ Jesus, into him. By faith you enter into fellowship with him. You get joined to him. And so question and answer 59, how does it help you now that you believe all this? That I'm righteous in Christ before God and an heir to life everlasting. Don't miss the in Christ. I'm righteous in Christ. That is, I'm in Christ now. And therefore I'm righteous before God. Because I'm united to Christ by faith. I'm in him. Union with Christ is the first and most important gift you receive when you believe in him. You get him, Jesus. 
He takes you into himself and you're no longer your own. You're no longer alone. You no longer stand before God in all your sin. And that's got to be the scariest thing a person could ever face. Standing as a sinner in all your filthiness before a holy, sin-hating, sin-punishing, almighty God. But if you can stand before God in Christ, that changes absolutely everything. Now in life and in death, body and soul, I'm not my own, I'm not by myself. I'm inside Christ who will never leave me, never forsake me, never cast me away. Now that's safety. That's wealth. When you stand before God, how would you like to stand before him? With a righteousness card or a salvation card in your pocket and say, here, that should cover it. But here you are standing alone before God with a righteousness card. Or do you want to stand before God joined to Jesus, belonging to him, covered by him, with him, in him? Obviously, the second is what we want and what we need, what faith wants and what we need. And that's what God has provided in his son, Jesus Christ. And then when you have him, you have his righteousness. Or to break that down, you have his satisfaction, his righteousness, and his holiness. They're all given to you. And that's what we see secondly I am righteous by faith. I'm in Christ and Christ is righteous. So I'm in, I'm righteous in Christ by faith. How rich you become. Even though we're sinners, all of Christ's righteousness is transferred to your account. All his holiness, all the holy works he did for you is put on your account. All his satisfaction That is, all the payment that he made for your sins is credited to you. So you stand before God now, just as if you'd never sinned nor ever been a sinner, and just as you were perfectly obedient as Christ was obedient for you. Can you think of any safer way to stand before God? I cannot. And that's what's indescribably amazing and astonishing. When I'm in Christ, all that's his becomes mine. God grants and credits Christ's righteousness to me, Christ's holiness to me, Christ's satisfaction to me. And as Martin Luther said, when I believe, then the great exchange comes upon my life. My sins all put on Jesus' account. Jesus' righteousness all transferred to my account. Wow. When I believe at that very moment, God takes the sin off my record and he puts Jesus Christ's righteousness on my record. Imagine that. All sin is off the record, wiped, clean. But more than that, All Jesus' righteousness, his payment for your sins, but also his holy works done for you, put on your record. 
so that you stand before God with your debt paid and a perfect line of credit. You stand pure and spotless before God's throne. And God, and that's what justification is, through faith, God grants and credits to you the righteousness of Christ, and now he declares you not guilty, and he declares you righteous. And he looks upon you as spotless, as sin-free. And that's always true of me in Christ. Even though my conscience accuses me of having grievously sinned against all God's commandments. And even though I've never kept any of his commandments perfectly. And even though I'm still inclined toward all evil as a Christian. Because I'm united to Christ, God does not see that. He sees me as righteous. All the time. Even when I sin, even when I fall in sin, even when God is displeased with me for being a disobedient child and he disciplines me to draw me back and bring me into closer fellowship, even then I'm his righteous child. And he loves me and accepts me as perfect in Christ. You know, the Christian has three voices. The conscience is yelling, screaming. You're condemned by God. Look at what you did. Look at what you thought again. Satan is yelling accusations. You're not acceptable to God. There's a third voice that speaks about us. Conscience, the devil, and then there's Jesus, our advocate at the right hand of God. Father, I was condemned for him. Father, I was holy for him. Father, I am his righteousness. Now I ask you, whose voice will the Father listen to? Whose voice speaking a message about you will the Father listen to you? Listen to? Your conscience, the devil, or his son? You know the answer. The son's voice is the voice that the Father's going to listen to on our behalf. And that's Paul's main concern here in Galatians 2. Again, verse 15. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, yet we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ, in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. You see, whether... We are Jews or Gentiles, whether we've grown up in the covenant or as outsiders to the covenant, whether we've grown up in a Christian home or in a pagan home. God justifies us. He declares us sin-free and righteous, not by our works, but through faith in Jesus Christ. And if he because you belong to Christ, is going to declare you righteous. You may know for sure that's the voice the Father is going to hear on your behalf. 
Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. Why not? Not one work that we do is without sin. If you're going to depend even a little bit on your own works, for God to see you as righteous, you will fail. It's impossible. Paul says that when I want to do good, evil is always right there with me. Always troubling the good that I do. Getting in the way. And in Philippians 3, Paul describes his conversion as a 100% change of confidence. That's what it is to be converted. You have a 100% change of confidence. Before you're converted, your confidence is in yourself. Your religious devotion, going to church, your prayer life, For him, it was his Jewish background and heritage, his covenant education, his zeal for the kingdom, his religious achievements. There. That really has got to put me in a right standing with God. And then he realized it was all shot through with sin. Because it came from him a sinner. I'm offering a sin package to God. And expecting him to accept me on that basis. I'm putting confidence in a sin package. And then he realized that when I put all my stuff together, it's nothing more than dung, stench, stink, manure in the sight of God, Philippians 3. So he repented of his self-righteousness, of putting his confidence in himself, of believing in himself. And he put all his confidence in Christ for his righteousness before God. And that's when he became righteous before God. In Christ alone. Not by a mixture of Christ and his own works. But only in Christ's works. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Galatians 2.16 and Psalm 143 verse 2. Enter not into judgment with your servant, for no one living is righteous before you. What a good and gracious God. That he would send his son in our own flesh to accomplish the righteousness and to cover the disobedience that we could not possibly accomplish or pay for in ourselves. And he sent his son to do that. And then gave us faith to believe in his son and rest on him so that that could become ours. All that belongs to Jesus could become ours. What wealth. You are no richer than the one you belong to. And if you belong to yourself, there you are before God in the poverty of your own sinful works. But if you belong to Jesus Christ, you have the wealth of all that he is and all that he has done. You're wealthy. You're rich. Last week in the fellowship hall, somebody told me a story that he had heard about a seminary class, seminary classroom, where the professor told the students, if you're as righteous as King David, put up your hand. Several students put up their hand. Okay, if you're as righteous as the great apostle Paul, put up your hand. Not many people put up their hand. Then he asked the third question, if you're as righteous as Jesus, put up your hand. Nobody put up his hand. The professor said, 
If you're a believer, you're as righteous as Jesus. If you're a believer, you should be putting up your hand. And that's true. That's what Paul said. I'm found in Christ, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, a righteousness from God that depends on faith. I have Jesus' righteousness. I am as righteous as Jesus. I am justified. Just as if I'd never sinned or ever been a sinner, just as if I'd been as perfectly obedient as Christ was obedient for me. In spite of the sins that cling to me, the accusing conscience, the finger-pointing devil, God, out of sheer grace, without any merit of my own, freely grants and credits to me the perfect satisfaction, righteousness, and holiness of Christ. And we need to stay focused on him so we don't lose that confidence. Must always stay focused on the object of our faith, the Lord Jesus Christ. Anytime there's difficulty, anytime there's sin, anytime there's fear, focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Rest in his finished work and be reminded, dear believer, that you're right with God because you're united to Jesus Christ. Are you united to Christ? By faith? Do you embrace him? It's the only way to be righteous. Only way God could ever accept you. And when you believe in him, God will for sure accept you and forever. There's, there's no fault with Christ. In him, your faith has found a real resting place forever. You're not clutching a teddy bear. You're clinging to the son of God, forever good, forever righteous. That's where faith goes. But thirdly, faith does not trust in faith. We're justified by faith, not by works. We're also justified by faith in Christ, not by faith in our faith. And that's what question and answer 61, you might say, worries about. Are you righteous before God because of the worthiness of your faith? No. If you look at Galatians 2 verse 17, if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. Look at that phrase. Justified in Christ. The other, verse 16, talks about justified by faith in Christ. This just squishes it, justified in Christ. Because Christ is your justification, your faith is not. Faith is the instrument that grabs onto Christ your righteousness. But it's not the instrument that makes you acceptable to God. It's the one you're connected to, Jesus. He's the one who makes you acceptable God. So don't put your faith in your faith. Wow, isn't this a great instrument, a great tool? My faith, my faith is awesome. No, because faith doesn't look at itself. Faith looks to Christ. There's what's awesome. He's the one who's awesome. And so no, your worthiness is not in your faith. Faith realizes 
that your worthiness is in Christ. You're justified in Christ. Your faith is the instrument of your justification. Christ is the ground, the reason, the basis. Really important. Because when you get to looking at your faith, and it's good to examine your faith, there's a lot of imperfections in it. Often, my faith is not as strong as it should be. It's not as wholehearted as it should be. It's often not as pure as it should be or as sure as it should be. And if God would accept me on the basis of how good and perfect my faith is, I would be damned. Because the best I can say is what that father said to Jesus. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. There's always imperfections mixed in my faith. But faith, though we ask God to strengthen our faith and to cleanse away the impurities of our faith, Faith is not what makes us worthy. Jesus does. So don't look for your worthiness before God in your faith itself. That will put you in the weeds of doubt and despair for sure. Don't trust in your faith to make you right with God. Faith looks away from itself and trusts in Christ So let's keep going there. He alone is our righteousness before God. Nothing in ourselves, not even our faith, is our righteousness before God. Ask God to continue to purify your faith. But also remember that God justifies you because of who your faith clings to. And there are no imperfections in him. Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven. Thank you that we are not left to our own works or even to our own faith as our righteousness before you. That what we should have come up with and couldn't. Perfect righteousness in the payment of all our sin. You provided for us in the person and work of your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for so great a gift and so great a salvation. Help us by faith to look away from ourselves and even look away from our own faith and cling to Christ alone is our righteousness. Thank you, dear Jesus, that you are our righteousness, that in you we have all the eternal wealth and treasures of the kingdom. No one could be so wealthy, any richer, than he or she who puts his faith in Jesus Christ. We praise you. Amen.